This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today we continue our discussion on spiritual growth as the church endures suffering for our edification and to the glory of God. Good day everyone, this is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here with Thad Keno once again as we are have another session of the Planted Podcast for you. What's happening Thad? Well, I'm uh, excited to be here today with the exception of the topic, I think. How am I supposed to feel about this suffering that it says that we go through as believers? We we started talking about that at the end of uh, the last session or the last show, mm-hmm. and we know that when we go in, we're going through life, everything's uh, for God's glory, right? Yeah. But I mean, I, I also struggle with the thought personally that Christ suffered for us for our sins, right? And what is left for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he paid it all, it said. So there, there's some of those in, in, you know, those internal struggles that, that we still have as human beings, I think, right? Yeah, there is. We, we were talking about uh, suffering as it relates to the process of, of our spiritual formation, you know, and, and we looked at Romans 5 where it talks about that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only, we're, not only that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And we talked a little bit about that, just that eschatological, um, future-looking vision that part of what helps us look at suffering in, in a positive light is that we look at it through the eyes of Christ and the eyes of what he wants to do in the new man in us, because he is the author and perfecter of our faith, as we know from Hebrews, right? And he uh, he looked at the cross and what was coming, and even though he... Um, you know, wrestled with that in his humanity in the Garden of Gethsemane beforehand. Uh, Hebrews uh, 12 tells us that as we consider even others that have gone before us that that also had to suffer, that ultimately, and then they're, you know, they're even witnesses to us now, but ultimately who we look to is Jesus um, and it says, who in verse two that, that he's the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the God of the throne of God. So, what's the joy set before him? The joy, I, I would say, is that resurrection, is the the, the ascension, the seating at the throne, right hand of God, knowing that victory over all these things is there. Right. Right, and so the joy he he was able to endure the suffering because he had the 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 sight and the the assurance and the knowledge of the joy that was to come. And in the same ways for us, when we think about hope as it relates to that, our hope is is in Him who has done this. So you know that that's uh, and that in some senses also becomes our comfort, which I think when we ended, I think last time just briefly talking a little bit about Second Corinthians chapter one. And I'll look at verse 6 here. It says, uh, well, starting verse 5, it says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Mm -hmm. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you're experiencing when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. So Paul is empathetically 
um, identifying with the Corinthians who are having to endure this because he too has endured this, um, and he he's enduring it because Christ endured it, and so um, so that's the vision we all have. But it's still back to your original question of wrestling with, you know, almost like the why. Um, why would in some senses it's it's kind of the the clay asking the potter. <laughs> well, I think what you I know? asked at the end of um, the show last time was, uh, or I didn't really ask, but maybe made the statement that I know that um, whatever suffering I have isn't paying a price for any type of sin, right? I mean, it's, the penalty has been paid. The wages of sin and death right. have already been paid through Christ. Right. But yet it does um, say that we participate with him in sufferings. And so we take the gospel at its word, and we have to take the whole counsel of God. We can't pick right. and choose just the parts that we like. If we right. did, it would be a very short thing for me. We would just have heaven, I think, and be done with it. But well, yeah, there's some, and there's a reason we don't just have that, right? That that's kind of think what I'm getting at. And in one sense, when I bring up the whole potter and the clay, in one sense, the answer right. is we just have to accept the fact that he's the potter and trust him, which I agree with. Um, but it doesn't mean that we still don't inside just ask the why question. And and I think there's a for me there's a relationship to why did he even let sin enter the world in the first place? Yeah. Why do we live in a broken world? Uh, and and it's the whole in some sense it's the whole problem of sin, the problem of evil. Um, and and then it's the, and then for us it's why does he want us to continue to endure this? Why doesn't he just like all right? I believe in Jesus, take me to heaven. Right. Um, and I think that all along the way, the relation of how how he's forming us as Christians as we trust in Christ, is not wholly unrelated to the fact that he would allow this whole thing to begin with. Because on the one hand, we know that God has gotten more glory for himself through Christ's life, death, and resurrection than he would have gotten without it. Right. That That's exactly true. And I was thinking along those same lines, uh, first of all, we are called um, to be imitators of Christ. Yes. Right. And what does that mean? Well, we're to imitate him in his humility. Yes. Right. For one. And when Christ was here, he was that suffering servant, always showing pure humility. Right. Not that he didn't speak wisdom and confront people at times. It wasn't uh, that he was cowering from the atheist, so to speak. Right. Right. But that um, in, in those times he spoke with boldness, but you can still have the boldness, but speak out of humility. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he suffered. And if we were to be like Christ and his imitators, um, that it has to include the whole package. It does, and so one, it's God's getting more glory out of, with Christ. He's going to therefore going to get more glory with us as we take on that same path. Not again, again, not for the purpose of pay, paying for anybody's sins, including our own, right. but more for the 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 learning of what it means to be an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. And so, if God is Himself a suffering servant. <laughs> If God himself is one who comes and is a reconciler and redeemer, and the and he's one whose the path he chose to do that was the cross, was the incarnation coming and entering into the brokenness, the 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 crucifixion or the the owning of the problem and 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 then the resurrection, the overcoming of that, and then ultimately the ascension, the ruling once again over everything, then I think we need to see that our path to ruling, I think we want to rule. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> right? Our path to dominion, once again, that he originally gave us as his image bearers. If we want to gain dominion, once again, as his image bearers in creation, we too are going to have to go through that same path. Uh, and so if as we are formed into the likeness of Christ, and the, the potter is telling me, here's the way. The wheel is going to be spun. Here's the way I'm pressing my fingers into your into this lump to form you what I want to form. If you want to have an idea what that's like, look to Jesus, mm-hmm. the truly human one, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Um, as and as as Hebrew says, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Um, and so, and in that, it's not just that he is the fulfiller; he is and the one we look to in faith. But if he's the founder and perfecter, then he's also the one who had to endure all these things, you know. And so, as we consider um, this whole notion of wanting to grow and 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 become perfect, we we see that even Jesus. I think we talked about this in previous episodes. I forget what seasons, or it might even have been this this one. But there's something about Jesus as who is truly God, who is truly God and truly human that in his truly humanness was not born perfect. It, he was born blameless without sin, but he still had to grow as a human and become formed into a full obedience that ultimately had to show itself in being willing to go to the cross. Right, right. And it was, in, it was through all that that he became perfect, Hebrews tells us, right? And so <clears throat> if, if, if we are being made perfect— then should we see a different path for Yeah, ourselves? we really shouldn't. And I, uh, along with that suffering aspect, if I don't, um, it talks about our sufferings and, and some of the trials that we go through are actually um, disciplines yeah. that, that God puts us through because he loves us as his children, right? Just like we have to dis- discipline our own children yeah. and it's because we love them. But um, if I, if all life is hunky-dory, I'm going to, I'm going to not have, a sense of humility about me. I'm going to be very proud of myself, you know, because mm-hmm. I just know how I am. When right. things are going good, all of a sudden I'm, you know, I, who needs God when everything's great, right. right? But through our trials and tribulations, we grow more and more dependent right. on God, and we see that. And and both you and I, um, after living this life um, as Christians for a long period of time, when we look back, I don't think we would trade any of our sufferings knowing what we where we are at in Christ because of them, right? We, yeah. we, and I'm glad that we don't have to see what's coming because there might be some, you know. That- <laughs> well, that you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about this because even in the last year or so, you know, I've had to endure certain levels of things that have been uncomfortable, uh, people that I've let down and have been disappointed with me, but then also um, things that I don't necessarily know that I did completely wrong, but but I just had to endure scorn or things like that, and then. Even like currently now, I'm having to walk into another situation where it's, you know, people upset with decisions I make and things like that, which just goes, you know, with the role of, of a pastor at times and, and leader and things. But what's interesting is, is like naturally, you know, like when I'm a young kid and I put my hand on the stove and I learn that it's hot and I take it away, you know, my body tells me don't do it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, when it comes to this character building and actually becoming Christ-like, there are sometimes where I, in for Christ in the kingdom, I do things and I get burned, right? 
Um, and, and when I look back, God brings me through it. And if I walk through it fairly well, I never walk through it perfectly. But I've learned to try to stay humble and promote unity and keep things going, um, try to be faithful. God's, like like you said, I look back and I'm like, I'm glad I went through that. I'm glad I learned something from that. But then the next time it comes around, I need to focus on the end and not the beginning. Because at the beginning, I'm like, I don't want to put my hand on the stove. Right. No. Last time I put my hand out there, it got burned. <laughs> and God's telling me, no, but if you're a, if you're a Jesus follower, I'm I'm telling you, you got to put your hand back out there again. And it seems irrational in some senses, right? And I think that it affects it, it, it's especially true in relationships. Uh, the church is not um, a void or devoid of. Unreconciled relationships, or arguing, or fighting, or things like that. Right. And so we have that, and we 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 serve and we lead in churches, and and then sometimes the people within the church let us down. And it, this could be the same thing in a workplace or whatever. But I mean, I'm just using it even within the context of the church. And when that happens, you know, there are times we need healing, and sometimes we have to pull back. But we can't let that not let us keep engaging. If we if if our choice is then to leave the body and to to well I'm just gonna follow Christ on my own because I can't get along with them or is to just you know, just to say that you know um, to not engage and not pursue then in some senses we're not willing to endure yeah you know and that enduring produces character and character hope and so I completely understand the desire to not trust people again. Well, last time I, I, I got into this relationship, relationships with people and poured my hat onto them, they just stomped all over at my heart. And so now you want me, now you're telling me I need to go let people stomp on my heart again? Yeah. And, and Right, yeah. So when we look at our, our um, disciplines, let's just say it's pretty easy to understand that we would be disciplined when we've done something wrong. Like, you know, yeah. like we either we've made mistakes or, or perhaps we were – we're in the, just the wrong situation and we deserve to be corrected for that. But Christ never did. <laughs> right? He was scorned for being perf- for being perfect yeah. and being truthful. And by no means do I claim I'm perfect. No, I know exactly, <laughs> but the point the yeah. point is, is perfectly valid that those are the times that perhaps it's most difficult to be receiving suffering. Yeah. You know, because it's it's as you said, uh, um I was I was thinking I was doing everything right, and and perhaps you very well were, but yet I'm I'm still being shunned or or the relationships being um, strained because of this. And uh, as you well know, you and I have talked. I mean, we've all we've been down this road, and it is difficult to engage. Why Why do I want to just go through this again? Why do I want to trust somebody else again with something that I've shared right. and it's come back to haunt me? Right. You know, why do I do that? There's only one reason. Yeah, it's because it's not about me. Well, it's Jesus, yeah. right? We're doing it f- because we believe in what he's done. We're doing it because he is the champion, the author, perfecter. He's the one we we, we do. So I want to keep going a little bit in sure. Hebrews 12 here because uh, it, it, it talks about the very thing that you brought up, that God disciplines those he loves. And so it says, after it says consider, after the, you know, he's the um we look to him. Then in verse 3 of 12, it says, Consider him who endured for sinners such hostility against himself. This very thing we're talking about. 
so that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Oh, true. <laughs> um, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, not be, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which you all have participated, then you're illegitimate children and not sons. <laughs> Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Mm -hmm. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because even as I look at that statement about our fathers, it's something that we mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, we discipline those whom we love. Discipline doesn't have to be because my son did something wrong that I need to discipline him. It could be just as simple as showing him how to behave with etiquette, you know, yeah. how he represents a holy life, you know, so it's training and instruction in these, in these, in these right. ways. Yeah. Well, I think that there is that growing up element. Uh, I think about, I was a basketball player, you know, and, um, you know, when I was a, a young kid, I didn't. I wasn't. I couldn't shoot as well as I did when I was older. I couldn't dribble as well. I was. I was older, but I worked on it. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily a sin not to be able to make, you know, a hundred percent of my free throws. But, but there is. But to be able to start making more, it did require the discipline of enduring the practice and going out and shooting the baskets right. and doing the things that need to be done to get better, mm -hmm. you know, to do those ball handling drills and to work on my footwork and all those things. And as a coach or a father, whatever it is, that just illustration came to mind. It could be anything. Right. It's, it's, you need someone there telling you, um, no, you need to do this. If you want to get better, then go out and work on it. And it does take that, like you said, that discipline. And, and there is a, in some sense, a little bit of suffering goes with it because if you work hard and you do it, your muscles are going to be sore, right? There's going to be the frustration of not doing it as well or fast or good as you want to do it, and it's the same. And it's the same thing as we grow our character, right? That that if we look at it with that mindset, that end with that end in mind of wanting to become that, then it's like okay, maybe it does mean I need to. We use the term "go the extra mile," right? Right. Yeah, sure. That that we have to do. Did, yeah. Go ahead. No. Yeah. I'm. Go no, I was going to just say, which uh, do, do you know what verse you finished on? I finished with verse eleven. Okay, so you did get through that because I, I mean, it, the point is, it does say. I mean, it, it recognizes that we don't that we don't like the chastening while it's happening. Yes. You know, this is this is part of it. Right. It's not like he's he's ignoring the fact that this is painful to go through right. this this growth to be more holy. Yeah. And but this is what our um our call is and our desire. I mean, our mm -hmm. desire is to be more like Christ no, no matter what it takes because we know that uh, the suffering is just for a season. Yeah. So I think as we 
talk about this, and if we know the vision is being conformed to the image of Christ, Christ-likeness, that it, it, it's also a more intimate, full reliance relationship with God himself. That It just, just came to mind as we talked about this, because I, I think it relates to the hope, it relates to the joy set before us, and it relates to the um, that forward, future-looking mentality that I think is important to be able to endure the present life of suffering, is when we think about the gift of salvation and the grace given. What is grace? Grace is a gift. It's the gift of God, right? That what is that grace? And I think the more we, the more I get a full picture of what that grace is and and that salvation, the more I will desire I don't know, the more I'll be willing, I don't know that I desire, the more I'll be willing to, because ultimately, what is that gift? Sometimes in modern Western evangelicalism, the gospel has been preached as escaping hell and going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, there's truth in that. But the gift is not that I'm not going to get judged in a way that condemns me. It is, but it isn't fully. It isn't that I get to go to heaven. It is, but it isn't fully. But what's the deal about being able to be in heaven? It's the gift is God himself. <laughs> that, that's right. the point. You know, back to the whole glory of God, but it's also God himself. What I'm getting is reconciliation back to God. What I'm getting is being able, is we've talked about the, the, the this new person and the gift of the Holy Spirit being able to live in me. The ultimate gift, the ultimate vision is God himself. And and what I'm growing in is godliness, you know? And so if 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 I don't live with that as my ultimate, as the grace that I'm so thankful for, if if my focus is in some ways, whew, I don't have to endure the fires of hell, mm-hmm. that's a good thing to be thankful for. But ultimately, isn't it what I should desire is, is the presence of God? Right. Uh, so does that change this? In any way, in your mind, I mean, does, does it help thinking about that? That that is ultimately what what I'm getting to experience, right? Well, I think without becoming a sadist, um, we should. I mean, well, Paul says, "Rejoice in your sufferings." Yeah, you know. So, what what does that mean? That means that the sufferings are also a gift mm-hmm. to us because through that suffering. We glorify God when we respond rightly. Yeah, you know, and when we grow, we become more like Him. Um, we already know that, uh, as we as we said earlier, that the sufferings of this life aren't to be compared with the glory that we're going to have with Him. So, we, no right. matter how bad it gets, you know, we've got this glory in the future um, to be looking for. And it also doesn't mean um, that we should be accounting our sufferings and saying, well, the, for every suffering I have here, I'm going to have one more blessing in heaven. That's not how it works either. Right. It's a, That's not the point. It's not, a, it's not a one-to-one ratio. Yeah. The blessing itself is the presence of God. Right. And and again, I, I, I don't want to bring up something we love talking about, but I will, <laughs> is that that's, it's for, and for some of those theological reasons, but it's also, there's many exegetical reasons, which we've talked about at different places too, is that the, the, no, the Christian notion of a rapture, right, where we uh, get to escape the tribulation, basically, and just go to heaven, you know, until Christ comes back 
for them that would be the third time or right. whatever, you know, um, to establish the, the eternal kingdom. But there's something about that whole mentality of escape that is not in line with this thinking that we've been talking about here, right? Right. That really, I think the message of Scripture is that God doesn't save us out of our sin, but he saves us through our suffering and through our sin. He saves us through the trials. Just like, you know, Noah in the ark, you know, he he did give him an ark. He gave him protection. He gave him covering, but he didn't take him out of the flood. He saved him through the flood. Right. Right. Think about Daniel and his um, friends in the lion's den. Right. He saved, they went into the lion's den. Now, they didn't end up getting burned, but they were still there and they went through it, you know? And so there's, uh, and even this whole list in Hebrews, we see that, and for some, they actually did have to endure the pain of death. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know? And we, we see a lot, many of the apostles, um, with really lots, a lot of historians would say, with maybe the exception of John, who, who had to endure exile <laughs> on the island of Patmos, but all the rest were martyred for their faith mm-hmm. in some way, as church tradition at least tells it. We know Paul was, you right. know. Um, we know Stephen. We know Stephen, who wasn't a possible, he was a, a, a deacon was. You know, we, we see that example. Uh, and so I understand and relate to the desire to escape. I want to escape. I don't want to lean into suffering. I want to escape it. And so I even look at my life here in Brighton, Michigan, I have built a lot of comforts around myself um, to to enjoy this life. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that that in and of itself is bad, but if my focus and what I'm working for and towards is acquiring more of those things in order to make my life easier, and even I want the life an easier life for my children. And for my grandchildren, I'm beginning more and more to question, am I being more discipled by the American dream or by the scriptures who tell me that this is, this is the path? Again, not being a sadist, not going in there and looking for it, but more saying, um, do, I, do I live life with open hands to God and say, take me where you want? And if that means taking me into difficult situations and difficult circumstances, I'm here with you. Or am I um, building walls and creating insulation (laughs) (laughs) so I don't have to do that? And I think there's some discontent in my life because of that, a holy discontent that I need to pay attention to. Uh, um, And so, you know, you saying that we needed to do a second podcast on this, I'm starting to not like you. Cause. <laughs> hey, well, you know, I, I, when I look at some circumstances that I didn't handle very well, um, and I'm not going to talk about those right now, uh, I can give testimony to the grace of Christ in my life um, when I had gone through something that seemed like something I didn't deserve that Christ gave me imminent peace in that moment. Right. You know, and, and through that, I actually was questioning myself, like you should be pretty mad right now. Why aren't you outraged about this? And I, I, and my self voice was, it's because it's not my battle. Christ will take care of that. Um, I can't 
there's nothing that I can say that's going to change that circumstance right now. Right. But Christ can give me peace in the midst of that. And it was those types of things are are really um, blessings for the believer to go through, and it's glorifying to God to say, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. Congratulations if you would have, you know, you could have bit that person's head off and, and got back at them. But what does what does that do? You know, you're yeah. not demonstrating Christ in that moment or whatever right. the case may be. And so the demonstration of of going through these sufferings is one of our biggest witnesses for Christ. Amen. Amen. And that as you're saying that, it made me think of Philippians chapter four, where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Yeah. You know, that's the prelude into the, you know. Um, cast your anxieties on the Lord, but it's interesting that as we the verse right before that, uh, right after he says, "Rejoice in the Lord." I will say it again: Rejoice. He says, "Let your reasonableness be known to everyone." That that's that's what you're talking about there, right? Um, some tra- what does the New King James have? That's can you look it up? Four uh, verse five, Philippians four verse five. Sure. Got it right here, in fact, because um, I was going to do something earlier in Philippians, so we'll go back to that. In verse 5, it says, let your gentleness be known. Gentleness, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what the NIV, I think, also uses gentleness. The ESV translate that reasonableness. Forbearance, graciousness. Yeah. Uh, to- it can even be tolerance, okay? I think part of the idea there is that in those kind of situations— can I continue to think clearly? Can I exhibit peace? You know, and later he even says, pray, you know, for um, uh, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which guards your heart in Christ Jesus, right? And we have that, that that's going to help produce within us that kind of, um, that forbearing spirit that the, the, in some sense we could even say that gentle and graciousness that I in the midst of this I can um, I can calmly do what is right and fitting in the right situation right wow you know and, and um, that's not easy to do that's a supernatural gift but it's something that we believe we have you know as as believers in Christ yeah yeah so uh, and so when we uh, and then it says right after that that the Lord is at hand or the Lord is near, <laughs> right? That's how we have it. We we are able to exhibit that because He's near. And then He gives us the do nots: don't be anxious, um, but in everything, uh, in prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be known to me, known to God. Right. Right. Yeah. This also um, should teach us uh, to be. Well, you mentioned the word to be exegetical, mm-hmm. you know, just a, a little bit ago, and that is to be reading this stuff in context and going yeah. going through it and take a big chunk of the scripture. You know, yeah, we can meditate on one verse and that's fantastic. In fact, I'll just say one right now that echoed what you mentioned in Hebrews, but this is um, from Philippians and it's one six and it says, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. That right. echoes exactly what you're talking about. He's the one that's the author and the finisher of our faith, right? right? So what Christ uh, begins, he's going to finish. But listen what it says, um, continuing on in verse seven, just as it is right for me to think uh, this of you all, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me in grace. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, in, in this pain and suffering, we're partakers of Christ's grace. That's that that's that's just crazy, right? It's just, um, it, it's it's stating the very fact of of the suffering that we do for Christ, and it has to do. Paul here is suffering more than any one of us have gone through that we're talking or listening to this right now, right? I've never been chained. For the never, never been chained and persecuted and, and whipped and flogged and whatever. <laughs> but um, how he says, how greatly I long for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. All he's thinking about is yeah. uh, people outside of the walls of the, right. the prison that he's writing right. from. And uh, if indeed he's in prison here in Philippians. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, uh, the idea is he's demonstrating that, that very grace and it's all, all praise to the glory and grace of God. Yeah. So I think as we, you know, look to, there's so much more we could talk about. And if you want to bring something else up, go ahead. But as we continue to, you know, try to bring this into the, a close that the relationship between this enduring these things and, and suffering and spiritual formation becoming more Christ-like it, there is this tension within of constantly have this feeling of we could along the way want to blame God. We could along the way ask why. You know, and part of this is helping us answer that why question because mm-hmm. we we can we want to have that vision that it is for good, um, and we can even maybe see that for ourselves. But we could you could do that and and still somehow say, well, it's easy for you, God, and He's like, no. No, I, I, I can relate to you. I, I know what it's like. This isn't a God who's, this isn't the, you know, go back to the coach analogy. This isn't the coach who's standing up on the, in the stands, you know, uh, with a bag of Cheetos and a Mountain Dew um, telling you to run lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is the, but this is the God who, who himself entered in and endured more than Paul. <laughs> right. This is the God who, uh, who walked the very walk himself. And so uh, that's our comfort. Back to, back to Corinthians, you know, and, and back to even Hebrews that brings up, you know, Jesus was tempted in every way. You know, Jesus in Hebrews is always the better one to look to. Uh, and so if along the way, if you're like me in any way where sometimes I want to blame God, or ask him how much longer or why, uh, which is is fine. God's got big shoulders; he can take it. You know, there's the reason we have Psalms of lament. You know, in in the Psalms, there's reasons we have David crying out to God, "How long are you let my enemies come against me?" Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's okay to do that. But as we do it, and most of those, they end with, "But I still trust in you, God." And for us on this side of the cross and the resurrection, I think we can say. Um, we can we can pray those prayers and say those things and say thank you, Lord Jesus, that you that I can trust you that you're victorious and not only you're victorious but you you're victorious because you came through this right you know uh, faithfully all the way. Well, yeah, you know the funny thing is that it's not only on this side of uh, of the grave that we question. God's timing with things like how long is this going to continue, right? But when we look at the book of Revelation, I believe it's in chapter six with the salt, the souls under the altar, right? They're, they're crying out. These are people that are 
In, yes, thank in, you for bringing that up. In union with Christ after the cross, you know, in, in his presence. And they're saying, how long, O oh Lord, um, until you avenge your name? Yeah. And he just says, a little while longer, you know, and why does he say that? Because the number's not complete. You know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not reading it verbatim, but that's, I think that's the, the idea of it. Because um, he's patient to bring all those that the Father has elected into the fold. Exactly. Uh, that gosh, that just brings up so many more things. It's that same, those people are called witnesses or martyrs. It's the same word used in Hebrews for the great cloud of witnesses mm. who have gone before and endured all these things. It's the same um, idea then too for Paul, who says he bears in his own flesh at this time, you know, these sufferings for the sake of the gospel because he wants that same thing. He knows that God wants more to come in, right? And so why does he endure the floggings? Why does he endure the chains? Why does he do all this? Because he knows it's his call to continue to preach the gospel. Uh, and so I think that's the encouragement for us is that we endure this as, as, our, as we build character and, and, and hope in us. And we do, if we do it with that reasonableness and gentleness and that grace that God calls us to, if we're able to um, embrace this life, we then people will notice, and 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 we'll also be able to give voice uh, to give the reason for the hope that's in us, right? Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so, right. so I hope, I hope one, I hope I'm continue to convince myself or the the spirit uh, and the word continues to seep in me and soak in me, and the the, the deepening of this, so that I am I want to be more willing to do this. And my encouragement for our listeners is is that you do would too, and. And that uh, when God calls you to something uncomfortable, and when you feel like, I'm not supposed to put my hand over the stove, <laughs> you know, maybe if it's, for the, if it's for the glory of God, we are to do it. Uh, and, and, um, and he's going to bring us through it, and we're going to be stronger as a result, and his kingdom's going to be grow, is going to grow as a result of it. Uh, so... Um, I think that's the thing that I got to keep remembering too is that my own spiritual formation also strengthens the body of Christ. Right. You know that as as whatever little muscle fiber that I am in the body or tendon or little, you know, cell, blood cell or whatever, you know, whatever part I am. Um if I lean it and get stronger, it's it's making the body stronger, which and it's all for the glory of God because it's Christ's body, right? And so, uh, so it, it's for my own um, edification, but it's also for the edification of the whole, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it's something to continue to lean into. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, I think we're 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 hoping to continue a few more weeks in the whole no, uh, area of spiritual formation. Still want to get Pastor Winans on here and talk about his scripture reading uh, and that for, for He's part running of that. for me. I've yeah. been chasing him down. Yeah, we'll so get we'll get that. Uh, but we're, we'll, we'll be doing uh, some more episodes on spiritual formation. Uh, join us next time. Thanks. Sounds good. Have a great day, everybody. We hope you were encouraged by today's discussion. We could blame God for our suffering, but the biblical perspective is to be thankful. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. 
More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com. 